This is New Thoughts for Actors and Filmmakers, where we discuss overcoming fear and self-doubt and help to build in those resources to physically, mentally, and emotionally be at your best, no matter what side of the camera you may be on. My name is Nathan Gist. I'm Jim Clark. I can't believe it, Jim. Episode four already. I really do love these episodes. Episodes of Nathan and Jim talking about acting and filmmaking. That's right. Being healthy, full of joy, positive, actionable steps, childlike faith and curiosity, vulnerable, (laughs) honest. You can, you are more than enough. Okay, let's just end right there. (laughs) Walk away. (laughs) You know, it's funny because my longtime acting coach, Jack Plotnick, and my pastor, Joel Steen, both talk a lot about your words have power. Yes, indeed. And affirmations. And there's a lot of people that are like, oh, affirmations are just silly. You're just lying to yourself. Well, I disagree. I don't walk around saying, hey, I'm the president of the United States. Hey, I'm an astronaut, which I am not, right? (laughs) But I do walk around saying, hey. a good icebreaker, though. Right, right, right. right." I'm an astronaut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the vice president. And the president. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, That's right, right. And I created Walt Disney World. That's right. But I think when, when you really, really do lean into affirmations and what is true about you, okay, there is so much power in the, in, in the words we say over ourselves and mm-hmm. also over to someone else, you know? You are a good friend. You are a, a really nice person. I have enjoyed getting to know you. These are true things that we say to each other, mm-hmm. right? So um, when a, an actor comes to work with me, I've been blessed to coach the last couple of years, on a couple of Netflix films and projects. And also I teach at the police academy. I teach a, an eight hour intensive class introduction to acting for undercover and plainclothes officers. And then I also teach a little bit on the side, you know, just between projects when I meet young actors. And one of the first things that usually happens is they don't feel they are enough. Mm. They don't feel they're talented enough. They don't feel they're pretty enough. They don't feel they're tall enough. They don't feel they're good looking enough. They don't feel they're, you know, good enough, smart enough, whatever. And they'll say, well, I'm not enough of this person to be that character. Right. And so as Jack says all the time, Jack Plotnick says is, no, you are the character. You have to accept it. I am this character. This is really happening to me. It's me in this set of circumstances. Mm -hmm. So I always like to say, I am, I am more than enough. Right. I am honest. I am prepared. I am strong. Mm -hmm. So when I start that work with someone, I have to identify, and this is something I'm really excited to work with you on today, is how do we tear back and find the root cause? So if someone says a blanket statement, I'm not enough, I'm just not enough to play this part, what would you work with them on to dive down and find out? What is making them feel that way? What, what is really keeping them from feeling that they are enough? What's the specific root cause and how to find that? Because that's one thing I think would help me. Yeah. So with the work that I do specifically, the coaching, I'm also a hypnotherapist as well. Um, and so one of the things that we do is specifically dig down to that subconscious and figure out what that story is, mm-hmm. right? And I, I tell people that when I work with them, there's a two-pronged approach. There's root and then there's fruit. The fruit of it is tools and techniques, right? State management, breathing techniques, audio programs, video programs, uh, different way exercises they can do to kind of get their mind where it needs to be when they're in the moment. Here's your toolbox as you go face life. The root of it is kind of the digging down and figuring out what's going on. 
Because sometimes it is a story. It's maybe it's a situation where somebody said something or they felt something in a certain way or whatever. And it doesn't have to be some horrible traumatic thing. I mean, I've heard plenty of those too. But sometimes it's the identity that we have of I'm not enough. Sometimes it's a a system of beliefs. It's because we've been told. Uh, Sometimes it's just the feeling. Sometimes it is just a story Mm -hmm. that we've created some way, somehow, that we begin to build evidence on it. Because here's the real insidious nature of that statement is that your brain doesn't want to be wrong. Right. Like, we're in this studio. We're here right now. And I know it sounds odd, but if, like, if one of these lights flickered in this room, we're both going to come up with a reason for it. Uh, I didn't pay my electric bill. There's there's a short in the ceiling. I, there's a hippopotamus falling. There's a ghost in the room. Like, right. we're going to come up with some kind of reason to make that true. But the brain doesn't care if that is truth or plausibility. It's looking for plausibility. Is it possible that this is true? And because we don't like being wrong, we begin to build a case around that to make sure that that's the truth that we're believing now. Wow. So if someone's saying, I'm not enough, they will find a reason to make sure that that's true. They don't want to be wrong. Wow. And so just right there, the personal narration of that statement, that needs to be eradicated out of your your vocabulary. It does not exist any longer. Whether you feel it or don't feel it, whether you believe it or don't believe it, it's time to shut that phrase down. Because every time that you're saying that, it is reinforcing it. When I talk to people about, first of all, changing that, right? We got to change the vocabulary of it because we have to begin to create these new ways of being for yourself. It's, it's, I'm, I'm a geek on this stuff, so yeah. bear with me. <laughs> it's called neuroplasticity. The way that the brain is constantly rewiring itself every single day. And if right now, if you can imagine that thought of I'm not enough as a path and a field. And if we look at this field, this amazing field, there's flowers, there's trees, there's whatever, and there's a path that's going through it. How do you know it's a path? What do you see? Like, what do you physically, what, like, what would you see if there was a path right there? What would tell you it's a path? The, the, the fact that there's, you know, weeds down or, or there's footprints in front of me or the dirt's padded down, whatever yeah. the case is. Yeah. Right. You can see where it has been tread. Right. Clearly. Right. Right. People can walk across that. When you create a new neural pathway in your brain, it's like creating a new path. And if you walk across the field where there's no path at all, there's nothing there, and you just walk across it one time, is it a path? You don't really see anything, do you? Yeah. And maybe you see a little, little, it almost looks like something, but the, the, what happens is that you have to keep walking that over and over and over. Right. This new way, right? If right. you're walking this new path, and what happens to the old one? It eventually begins to overgrow. And if enough time goes by, you can't even tell it used to be a path. Right. All you see is the new one. Well, inside of your brain, literally the way it works with the neurosynapses and all that crazy geeky stuff, when you are constantly saying, I can't, I can't, I'm no good, I'm not enough, I'm whatever it might be, you're creating a neural pathway, and that is the way that it works. Well, the moment you start saying, I am, that I believe I can, or right, those affirmations, but in a way that isn't ridiculous, right? No matter how hard I try, I'm never going to be a seven foot, eight foot tall, you know, professional basketball player. I can't affirm myself into that. It's just not going to happen. I'm physically done. (laughs) And so the only way that I can begin to create these new pathways is that I think about it more and more and more, and I bring the real possibility, real emotion, believing that I can be enough, that I am enough. And the more that I'm saying to myself, the more that path begins to create itself. Because inside the brain, the way that it is literally wiring itself, the old pathway will begin to atrophy, like it Mm -hmm. just doesn't have access like it once did, right? because you're not accessing it anymore. And the new way begins to, it's what you begin to believe. And you're literally wiring that into your brain. But it has to start with your vocabulary. You have got to get that word out of there. 
the power of life and death is in the Word. That's right? it. The, the interesting thing about it is Jack talks about it. The first two pages of his book is, if you take nothing else from my book, this is you know Jack Plotnick, who we mm-hmm. talk a lot about, it's the affirmations. But one of the things I find, even when I give his book and I start working with an actor, they wait until the audition to use them, or they wait until they're on set to use right. them. They're not using them every day. Yep. And doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> and I find it with my with myself is I have to say them every day. Mm-hmm. I have to, and then even sometimes multiple times a day when I come under negative thoughts or attacks about whatever oh, is happening in life. Wait a second. You mean you can feel really good, amazing one day, but sometimes you cannot feel that way too? Yes. Oh, whoa. Yes. But then you use the discipline. To change your mind once again. A- absolutely. Feelings come and go. Thoughts come and go. But your actions, those are the things that make it possible. I can have a good day on set where I have 50 takes of five different scenes that, man, I just feel wonderful about and we've had fun and all that. And then have one take that somehow somebody says something, I say something to myself or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I will carry that one negative thing around with me for a day, Some day sometimes two days. You know, and it's, and it's, this is still for me a work in progress. And I've been doing this for years. And not only do I work with Jack Plotnick, Dr. Jason Silk, my pastor, you now, Mm -hmm. like I'm constantly pushing myself to get better and stronger in this area because one, my life is better. Me, my general life, not just my work, but I will tell you this, the more I lean into recreating this new path in my, in my (laughs) mental highway, right? Oh, good way to put it. My work does improve. Yeah. My work does improve. Not only does my work improve, I'm I'm just generally nicer on set. I'm yeah. nicer in my dealings with people. I'm more carefree. I'm not. But I got to tell you, it is daily work. It's like going to the gym. You can't, t- I, I personally can't take a day off. Mm. I've got to do it every day. Mm-hmm. So those negative thoughts and voices don't come back. You know, for me, I had, a, I had something happen when I was a young actor. So I, I was doing theater around D.C., and I, had, I was producing my first feature film. I had uh, wrote a script. I was, I, was working as, I was working an off-duty cop job at a movie theater. I talked to men to let me use the movie theater to shoot this heist movie that I wrote. <laughs> Hired a director, great guy, Neil. And we're shooting. And I, my first big leading role was in um, a, a wonderful play. 12 Angry Jurors, okay? And I play the, the lead role, the antagonist. So one of the things that I got a lot of applause for and I got a lot of nice compliments was my intensity, mm. right? And I've always had a really good motor. I've just always, generally, I've had a good motor. I, 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 I can allow myself to be tuned up yeah. quick. Well, fast forward, I'm on this movie set and one of my very dear friends says to me, I really don't like it when you yell. You yell too much. Mm. Do you know for about 10 years, for about 10 years working as an actor, I wouldn't allow myself to raise the voice. I had that negative, that one person that said that one negative thing in my, Mm -hmm. you know, "Uh, I don't like it. I don't like it when you yell. And so it wasn't until I created a series called Interrogations Gone Wrong, where I play this insane detective, that I allowed myself to start being uniquely me and letting my motor, Mm -hmm. right, like be me, be let it run, let it run, right? 
right? You don't get in a race car at Talladega and drive 35, <laughs> right? You drive 185 yep. because that's what the car is capable of doing. Yep. And that's how God made me. I'm unique in that way. Mm-hmm. I'm unique in a way that I can go, see, you need me on that wall. You want me on that wall, right? And, and, and the thing about it is, sorry to blow your ears out. The thing about it is, though, is that became a negative voice that kept me from, from being unique. It kept me from being me for 10 years. Yeah. For 10 years. And and one of the things I like to tell people is Robert Downey Jr. will never be The Rock. Yeah. And The Rock will never be Robert Downey Jr. But nobody does Robert Downey Jr. better than him, and nobody does The Rock better than The Rock. Mm. Because they understand who they are. You know, there are a lot of factors that I try to identify when I start working with someone. And so I just recently worked with a young man, really nice young man, very talented. Mm. And the producers said, hey, he's really, you know, we loved him in his audition process, uh, but he came to set and, and he felt really tight and he, he, he couldn't adjust. Could you see what's happening? Mm. So I said, well, yeah, let's just go have a cup of coffee. So him and I go have a cup of coffee. And through the conversation, I realize his agents had told him, now this guy had been working. This guy's done great work. He's a working actor and been in some great stuff. Well, he books this movie and he gets a call from his agents and they said, hey, you got this job. He's like, okay, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, well, you really need to be good now because all that other stuff really doesn't matter because this is the one and you really, (laughs) really need to be good. Wow. He was so rattled rattled by it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I had to dig down deep with him to say, hey, man, you got to let that stuff go because really you're super good and mm. you're gregarious and, and you're extremely handsome and, mm-hmm. and, and confident. And that comment has now made you not confident. So what is something to help people when, so let's say they're doing their affirmations, you know, they're working on themselves every day. And then something comes in from the outside, right? Like this agent or a director or a producer plants a seed in your head that then reestablishes that voice to be louder. So all of a sudden you've, you've destroyed the path, you've got a new path, and somebody comes in and lights a, a fire to that path. And before you know it, you're back on the old path. What are some things that you can do then? Yeah, first thing I would say is this, because lots of times we can be really critical of ourselves. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> and so with that, lots of times we will take that and we, we don't even know how to, how do I change? How do I move to the next step? Step out of it for a moment. If you were talking to one of your friends that was going through exactly what you're going through right this moment, what advice would you give them? Ooh, ooh, that's great. Right? That's great. Because I know most of us love giving advice. (laughs) And so you already have the answers inside of you. Mm -hmm. And if that is to just let it go or whatever language you want to use in that moment can be really powerful. But again, search yourself helping somebody else. Right. Uh, Another thing I'd recommend too is almost do like a reset on that thing. Go back a little bit. If you could imagine going back just before that person, that director, that, that, that friend, that whoever it was, said that to you, how could you prepare yourself for it? Right. Imagine what same thing. What would you give advice to that earlier you before they experienced that? And sometimes that helps. And then sometimes you can imagine simply taking that feeling, that thought, that conversation that they had about you. And I do this in traffic sometimes. 
I find myself, if I'm driving around and, you know, somebody does a, a bonehead move and they're flicking me off because they did something wrong, <laughs> kind of a deal, I'll almost imagine like I got, I got a coffee cup in my hand. And I take that thought, that feeling, that sensation, whatever it might be, and I imagine putting it right into that cup. And if I can just focus all that stuff, all that junk right into that coffee cup, and then I just imagine flinging it out the window. Mm -hmm. Slinging all that feeling, all that emotion, all that stuff that's wrapped around it, just kind of setting it off to the side. And the reason that that is significant is because our brain doesn't feel anything. Here's what I mean. There's no nerve endings on it. Ooh. Like if you were to poke your brain, what happened, yeah. right? But you wouldn't feel it. That's why they can do brain surgery. This is some trippy stuff. And like people are talking to them and they're working on the brain. It is trippy. Right. The only way that the brain processes emotion and feeling is it sends it into our body. And it manifests in some way, right? I got stomach or uh, butterflies in my stomach or I got knots in my stomach. That I got a pain in my neck, whatever. It shows up in the body because that's the way the feeling is manifesting itself in there. And so when we pour that into the coffee cup, when we fling it out the window, when you, I don't know, set it on fire or throw it out the window or throw it into a water or whatever, to the brain, it's the way that it is processing that information. Because what happens lots of times when that saying, that word, that hurt, whatever the experience is, your brain, it's almost like a cache file where it will bring that stuff to the surface and say, hey, what am I supposed to do with this? And if it doesn't have an answer, what do we do? We try to cram it down, push it down. I don't mm -hmm. want to deal with this right now. So imagine on your computer, that little pop-up says, that say, are you ready to do something about this? And you're like, nope, minimize, minimize, minimize. But it keeps showing up day after day after day. And then one day you decide to do something with it. And you tell it where to go. I'm going to take this file and stick it right here. It's the same thing with that emotion, that feeling, that belief about yourself. And the moment you set that off to the side, to the brain, it goes, oh, okay, it's done. And see, this is, this is super interesting because I, I was working on my prep this week. And one of the things that I tend to do sometimes is negative thought comes as I dismiss it. I don't mm -hmm. address it. I just dismiss it and I, I keep moving. And I realize I'm like, oh, you know, that's, that's clicking the box. I'm not addressing it. That's right. clicking the box. Right. And then these certain negative thoughts keep coming up. And I'm like, oh, it's because I'm not addressing it. You know, Jack talks about this, this in his book about you have to identify what is the vulture saying? What is the negative mm -hmm. voice saying, mm -hmm. right? In an earlier episode, you talked about the good student soldier problem, okay? And, and that's what Jack calls it in his book. Yeah. It's a good student soldier. So I come from a law enforcement background and a, a specifically tactical background, right? So if you, you go to SWAT school and you run an operation, if you screw it up, you or, and your team can die. Yeah. Lives are at stake. And that's drilled into you. There's no room for error when it's life and death, mm -hmm. right? And it's making those decisions. So I carried that into my work for a long time. And Jack was the one that identified it with me. He was the one that actually started working on that with me and realized, hey, you're not, you're not doing that anymore. Right. You got to be better to yourself. There's no, you, you have the freedom to, to, to fail. You have the freedom to make mistakes. You have right. the freedom to, you know, explore and, and play. The thing was, Nathan, that wasn't overnight. It wasn't like he told me that on a Tuesday and Wednesday, I was a better actor uh -huh. and uh -huh, <laughs> it was done. It took years for me yeah. to work at that and release that and get rid of that need to be perfect. Retrain. Okay? Yeah. Retrain. So now move into this week. And I have a couple of thoughts that come up and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not addressing the vulture. Mm. You have to address it. 
I release and destroy my need to be mm-hmm. word perfect. I release and destroy my need to care what Phil thinks about me. Mm-hmm. I release and destroy my need to think what, what Nathan thinks mm-hmm. about me. Quickly, if you said to me, what are some of the things you've learned from working with movie stars or, or television stars, super successful people, right. right? And what I would say to you is we tend to look at people who are super successful and we put them on this pedestal mm-hmm. where they've got everything figured out. They're doing everything great. And we've got to somehow be as perfect as they are. But when you work with them, what you actually get to see face up is they're human. Yep. And they're dealing with emotions the same way. They're dealing with, you know, whatever set of circumstances are on the day. Are we behind and now we're rushing? Mm -hmm. Uh, Do we have lighting issues? Is it raining? Whatever the case is. Mm -hmm. But what I learned is what something you said earlier. They are so super comfortable in who they are. You got this whole, all this, all these people going around, all right, all right, all right, trying, trying to be Matthew McConaughey. What you don't understand is Matthew McConaughey, that's him. Yeah. The same guy that's on Jimmy Kimmel is the guy that's on set. That's it. it, 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 It's just, it's him. Some people can say what they want about who their favorite actors are, but I'll tell you this. There's no one in the world that could play John Wick better than Keanu Reeves. Mm. No one. I stand by that. (laughs) No one could play John Wick better than Keanu Reeves. Mm. It's not about... Could someone else do it? Sure. But why? He brings his own unique personality. The way way he speaks, the way he listens, the way he thinks behind his eyes. How do we not work against the God-given uniqueness we have, right? How do you you get someone to say, embrace who you are? Don't work against it. Embrace your quirkiness. Embrace the way you look. Embrace your height. How, How do you do that? So affirmations we know work, but you have to work them every day. Mm-hmm. What are some other, what's another tool you could give someone if you were going to just install in them a couple of key things about them being confident with how they look specifically? Because that's a big one in entertainment, right? It is. And we think about it almost in the same way we think about somebody falling in love, right? If you and I go out and we see somebody and, you know, she's really attractive, whatever the case is, and you're like, oh, she's amazing. Or I say, oh, she's amazing. And the other one of us is like, eh. Yes. <laughs> Not really my type. Right. Does that make it right or wrong? No, it just means that that's not what I was looking for. When you're talking about going for the audition, where you're trying to go for the role and you're sitting there comparing yourself to the other people around you, how they deliver the scene or how they look or whatever, you don't know what the the casting director is looking for or what the expectation is in there. And so maybe you deliver it absolutely perfect every single word. You look amazing. You spent ridiculous amounts of money on your wardrobe. I mean, you came in and threw the script across the board like, oh, I'm doing it. And maybe you just don't, you're just not the one they want. Yeah. And that's got zero to do with you. All you can do, and I'm going to go back to it. All you can do is honor your character in your way. Do your best you can with that. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah. Everything else is... You name it. It's, it's God, the universe. It's happy, fuzzy feelings. It's, <laughs> it's, it's out of your control. The great Brian Cranston talks about this. It's a, a one-minute video on YouTube, and he says his life and career changed the moment he started going into auditions and just saying, you know, I'm just going to present what I do. Yeah. I'm going to release any concern with what, you, what I think you want to see 
uh, trying to to guess what you want to see. I'm just going to go in and do me. Right. Right. Well, guess who else? The Drake, the the great J.K. Simmons says the same thing. Mm. The moment he started going into auditions and saying, "Yeah, I, I, I'm just I'm just going to be me. I'll just be me." Yeah, yeah. I've prepared the scene. I prepared the words, but yep. it's just going to be me behaving honestly. His life changed, and he started working. And neither of those guys, and I'd argue, they're again, they are amazing at what they do. You, 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 their performances stand up against anyone because they're so uniquely honest to what they do. And I just feel like for me personally, for a long time, I worked against myself. Hmm. And then I started, thank God, I started working and I met Jack and I, I, and I started realizing like, oh, no, 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 I, I, I'm, I'm starting to put it together. The, the more honest I am yeah. between action and cut, the more fun I'm having and generally the better that my work, the result is. But I always have to say, too, is I release and destroy my attachment to results. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm here to enjoy the journey. And I think that's something that could speak to someone is you are, you are more than enough, j- just the way you are, just the way you are. Now, the thing that changes when I say that to people is if you say, Jim, I really want to be an actor and I just don't think I'm talented enough. And I'll say, why do you say that? Well, I don't know. You know, when I was growing up, people just told me I wasn't very good. I'm like, okay, what do you do? Mm. What do you say to someone that's, that's historical? It's historical information. They're 25 years old and they're holding on to something. When they were 10, they didn't get the part in the play. And Mrs. Simpson at the play said that they weren't good enough to get the part and they're still carrying it 15 years later. I'm going to go with Frozen. Let it go. <laughs> and, I, and I get it. I mean, again, we talked about different tools and different things that you can do, eradicating that voice or creating that new pathway or seeing yourself this way or the affirmation or whatever it might be. But again, sometimes, sometimes it's connecting with, and working with somebody else Some, and meaning mm-hmm. a coach, meaning right. somebody who can walk you through that. This is what I do, right? I help people to identify this stuff, to track it down, to get rid of it. Even when it comes to, I I think one of the exercises we've talked about before was emotional range. Sometimes when you're going to an extreme emotion on something, stuff starts showing up. And can you clear that out by yourself? Absolutely. Is it a whole lot easier when you got help and direction? For sure. Right. And so if you're finding yourself and this is the thing that's got you hung up on it, then go talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. Have a conversation. Find a way to start working through it along with the stuff that you do as well. Bringing it back to what we're talking about here, you are enough. And if you're doing the work and if you're doing the training, then that's where it is. You don't live there anymore. At least you're trying. Right. And, and identifying that these negative thoughts can come from, that some can be self-imposed. Yeah. Right. Some can be an agent or someone in our life. Some can be historical. Mm-hmm. Right. And understanding any of that stuff, you have to identify it, release it. And start this new pathway that you're talking That's about. That's it. And you do that through affirmation and hard work. You have to do the work, though. And that, that's the thing that I struggle with with some people is you can't do nothing and expect great results. Well said. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you do have to do the work. Whether it's I struggle with memorization, you got to work on memorizing. Right. My headshots aren't, uh, don't seem to be working. Take new headshots, right? Well, I've been going to an acting class for two years I don't think I'm getting any better. It might be time for a new class. Yeah, maybe you need to graduate yourself. <laughs> maybe no class at all, yeah. right? 
Maybe you got to go join an improv group. Like I'm constantly trying to do new things. I went to Second City a couple of years ago. I was working. Mm. I was working. I just, and I was already doing comedy. Mm. I wanted to improve. I wanted more tools in my toolbox. Yep. That's the other thing I would say to people. You are more than enough the way you are right now. And then keep adding. That's it. Keep adding to it. Keep adding to your toolbox. Learn new skill sets. That's why I don't sit in my trailer on set. I want to be on set. I want to listen to the sound mixer. Yeah. I want to listen to the director give notes. I want to listen to the producer. I want to listen to everybody around because I'm collecting data that then carries on into my next project. I even think about the analogy you talked about earlier about going to the gym, right? You don't go to the gym and lift one weight and then you're set for the rest of your life, right? Like you've got to keep exercising. You got to do the bench and the squats and all the other things that you have to do because that's the only way that you build it. Right. That's the only way that you make it better. Right. And you have to continue to work at it. The best athletes in the world have a short memory. You ever heard that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They, mm-hmm. they, talk about, they talk about why Tom Brady's the GOAT. And they said one of the things, he's got the shortest memory of anybody. Yep. He makes a mistake, he's on to the next one. Yep. And plus, his visualization. He visualizes him successful all the time. Right. But he has a response to when he is not. How do I fix it? And I just, I just think that I'm not enough negative voice, whether someone's told it to us, whether it's told, someone's told it to you, we have a duty to each other to lift each other up. Mm-hmm. We have a duty. We have a duty to being here on this planet right now to look at another human and encourage them. Yep. You have a great smile. Yep. There's something about you. Mm-hmm. You know what? I love the way you talk to your children. Mm-hmm. You know, I love the way you talk to your wife. I, 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 lo- I love the way you celebrate all of the people in your life. But rarely do we celebrate ourselves. And I think that's another point that I'd love to end on with this is not only are you more than enough, tell yourself why you're more than enough. What is unique about you? What do you walk around doing better than anybody else in the world? Mm. And if you really dig in and search, you will find. You will find what you do effortlessly. And as the great Steve Harvey says, if you find out what comes to you with the least effort, It's probably what you should be doing with your life. Great advice, Jim. We're going to leave you with that. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of New Thoughts for Actors and Filmmakers. If you like what you're hearing, please remember to hit that subscribe button. Send us your thoughts and ideas at newthoughtsforactors.com and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks again, and we'll talk with you again soon.